All righty, that worship was awesome, wasn't it? Uh-oh. Thank you, worship team, for coming and practicing and, you know, sharing your gift. Glad to see the Cantleys here this morning. Everybody give Jeff Cantley a big hand. If y'all don't know Jeff, he, they're members of our church, but he joined the Army a few years ago and still in it, right? Been over to Afghanistan a couple times. God's kept you. Yeah. Yeah, so him and his beautiful wife who used to grace us in this church, but we're happy you're here. And any other people who are visiting, I don't know. And if you're not visiting, you know, maybe you can in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about, you know, if you just leave or something, you can always come back, right? Yeah, that's what I tell people when they want to leave the church. Well, you can come back if you want to. Not everybody. There's a couple of them. I didn't tell them that. <laughs> I was actually kind of glad they left. I mean, I'm just being truthful, you know. They belonged in another church. It was better for them to be there. Right? You know, you're supposed to be where God wants you. It, be, it can be painful for everybody if you're not. It's like marrying the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Lord. I'm excited, you know, about everything that God is doing. And I wanted to kind of give you, this is kind of a message Okay, kind of. It is something the Lord's told me, and I wanted to tell you something that He shared with me. Um, you know, Steve mentioned there was a real strong prophetic anointing here. I believe that's here to stay. Um, because I believe God is releasing a whole fresh wave of the prophetic right now. And, well, I just think God's talking. Okay? I think He's listening, looking for people who have a heart to hear what he's got to say and one of the things I've learned about hearing the Lord is I need to hear him on his terms not on my terms and and that's kind of hard to do here's how you do it though just in essence you have to have a life that's totally committed to the Holy Spirit and um, I think that we as Christians we we don't realize that without the Holy Spirit, there's nothing. And if you are willing to give yourself to the Holy Spirit and quit being, uh, well, just quit being so darn jackasses, okay? Because He has ways that are, don't match our ways. And we feel like lots of time we get offended about some of the things He does. And He really wants us to stop doing that. He wants us to bow in our hearts. And, you know, the, one of the great revivals in history was the Welsh Revival, and it all started when a, a man prayed a prayer, Lord, bend us. Evan Roberts, bend us. That was the, the prayer of that revival that literally changed that nation, emptied the pubs, shut the shut the sports arenas down. Uh, one of my favorite stories from that revival is, is it was a coal, the coal miners were such a vile bunch and beat the mules that pulled the, the coal out of the mines that when they got so touched by God, they quit using the foul language and quit being angry and mean. And they had to read the mules no longer knew how to work because they were used to being beaten and cursed at. And that's how they learned how to work. And, 
they had to retrain the mules, people being nice to them. Isn't that amazing? And that's the Lord moving in a nation. And the Lord wants to move in nations, I know that. And But I know in my own life is the most fruit I have in my life came from the Holy Spirit. And when I bowed to Him, and when I was willing to let Him make me feel like a fool and look like a fool, it's when the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me. I, I mean, that's really what it all boiled down to me. And I know maybe you have a hard time with that, but that's really that's really an issue for you. That's an issue of you not being willing to bend if you're not willing to allow the Holy Spirit to just completely have control of you. And whether you may look like an absolute fool, and you may have to risk everything, but you will gain everything. There is only one way to have real fruit, okay, in your life, and to be effective in your life is that's really when the Holy Spirit can have control of your life when you let go of, of, of being in control. Isn't that awesome? It's kind of scary, though. Because just because you did it one time or at one season doesn't mean you're going to do it again. You can't depend on what you did do. You can't depend on your experience. You have to depend on Him. You know, We never get to a place where we can depend on what God did in our life. What God did yesterday, what God said yesterday. If you if you're depending on that, you're experiencing God. You're depending on the wrong thing. You have to depend on Him. Arthur Burt said one time years ago, when he had been a Christian for fifty years or something, <laughs> he said it, it it could be the worst thing ever if he was depending on his fifty years of walking with God instead of depending on God Himself. So, this is a plug for the Holy Ghost. Yep. Yes, sir, the Holy Ghost loves red flannel shirts. <laughs> a friend of mine said he didn't have a flannel, a red flannel shirt on last Sunday and the heavens didn't close, or the heavens opened, and I told him it was a second heaven. It was a demonic heaven. <laughs> So I wore my red flannel shirt and sent my friend a picture this morning and told him that the Holy Ghost loves red flannel shirts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I wanted to give you this. I, I want First Kings, First Kings, eighteen twenty-four. Let me read this to you. Here's the truth: you got to be able to have fun in church. If you can't have fun in church, there's something wrong with you. You've got to be happy as a Christian. If, there's not, if you're unhappy, all the, I know you're going to have sad days. That's normal. But if you stay sad and church is a sad place for you, dang, go to another church. Honestly. That's what, if this church becomes a sad place, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not doing it. God wants you happy. I used to say happiness is not the goal, but that is not the truth because the whole Beatitudes, blessed means happy. That's, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Happier are those who hunger and thirst. That's the literal meaning of that. Jesus wanted us to be happy. Now, circumstances may not make you happy, but He makes you happy. That's the true happiness. Then you will call on the name of your gods. Now, this is Elijah at Mount Carmel, okay? And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the, 
So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. The God who answers by fire. I think in about 90 times in the Bible, uh, God is connected with fire, God Himself. The Bible mentions fire over 500 times. But there's about 90 times where fire is connected with God Himself. This is one of the, the ones I love, is God who answers by fire. We know later they had a showdown and Elijah called fire down from heaven. And the fire literally fell that day and it turned the nation around. Um, so I want to tell you about this vision I had in 2007 that was profound. Um, and it was in the church here and we had a Kalani Glockler here. You know, and she was doing like, we were just having a night of worship. And the Holy Spirit was just on me intensely, as best I could say. Well, the way I would describe it to most people, is I was just blasted by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I was just on the floor because I didn't know what else to do, honestly. That was it. I was just on the floor. I couldn't be real active in worship or anything. I was just down because he was on me. And he spoke to me. And he said this to me. He said, what you are doing is important. Okay, now, I'm laying on the floor, and he's saying, what you are doing is important. And I said, that's what I said to him. I'm laying on the floor, Lord. How is that important? Okay, and then I had a vision. And the vision was this. I saw this church explode into fire. I saw a fire shoot up probably 200 feet up in the air. And as I was looking at it, um, my vision changed to the east of here, and I saw a church, what I believe is in Kannapolis, North Carolina, explode into fire, and I saw it shoot up. And then my vision changed again. It sort of went back, and I saw churches in North Carolina, one by one, church here, church there, and I saw them explode in fire. And then I saw a map of the eastern seaboard of the United States, and I saw these churches, these fires popping up everywhere. And they were all churches. And then I saw the entire United States, and I saw a fire sweep across the United States. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is why this is important. Because God is going to, God is going to begin revivals in churches. And these revivals are going to, there's a fire that's going to join. It's going to change our nation. And I believed then that I, that was going to happen right away, like tomorrow, next day. Next week at the latest, Lord, this will certainly happen seven years ago. But my belief has never waned about that, that God is going to start a fire. I, he's going to start a fire in this church. After that, I saw another vision. I have a lot of visions and stuff. For, if, y'all, if you're a visitor and you're not used to that, that's, the, that's pretty normal in the New Testament, Right? you read the Bible and open your eyes, you'll see that was some of the most profound things happened because God visited people in dreams and visions. Okay, so, I'm, I, you know, I'm into that kind of thing, actually. And uh, so, well, I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> I'm glad about the fire. Anyways, let me read Luke 12 for you now. I don't know what I was going to say next, but anyways... Luke twelve forty nine. this is what Jesus said. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Isn't that an amazing verse? Jesus 
desired to see a fire come. A lot of people take that as a negative. Well, get over that because Jesus wasn't, is not negative. The fire he was talking about at that moment was the Holy Ghost coming on the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire that came down. He, he was desiring, wishing to see that before it ever happened, years before it happened. And he longed to see that. He longed to see this fire fall. That was one of the first fires that, every, that ever fell on the church is when the church was born. Tongues of fire came. God has this desire in His heart to see fire come. And we've, if you study, I've got this thing. Every revival that has ever happened in the Scripture and many of the major revivals that have happened on the earth throughout history, I've got them, this document that has all of them chronicled and what happened. And it's amazing. And, and there's a belief out there that, that revivals should not stop. But we've never seen a, a revival that didn't stop. Okay, and I believe it would be the Lord's heart for revivals not to stop, but but God, but because of the nature of revival, they do stop. They do get messed up. God doesn't stop them. God doesn't. I'm convinced that we stop revivals. So I'm looking forward to the day when the fire comes in this church. I believe it's going to come. I'm I'm totally believe that, and I believe He's going to visit congregations all over the United States with this fire from heaven. And it's going to be amazing. And this fire is going to join. And we will have a spiritual awakening in our country. Because that's the only hope for, for America. Hope for America is not found in politics. I'll tell you that now. Because they're all bad. I'm telling you this. Democrats are bad. Republicans are bad. Libertarians, independents. They're none of them. You know, unless they're following Christ, they're bad news. Okay, so let's don't put our hopes in, in politics. Let's put our hope... And God touching this, touching this nation. Okay, let's put that's that's where our hope is. And for us to do that, that we had to yield to Him, like Evan Roberts said, "Lord, bend me." We had to yield to Him. And so, I don't know what it's going to look like when the fire comes. Okay, see, I've learned one thing. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know when it's going to come. Okay, it would be we would all be wiser people if we would let go. Of, the, of our prophetic promises in terms of what they're going to look like and how God's going to bring them out. Hold on to the promises. Hold on to the words. But don't try to define what they look like, when, how. That's where disappointment comes in. Are you following what I'm saying? And so when we just hold on to the promise itself and say, Lord, however, however you want to bring that fire, here I am, Lord. Um, let's look at Zechariah 3, 1 through 2. Are you guys doing well? I really encourage you to read Zechariah 3 because the whole chapter is a short chapter. The revelation in that chapter is, is absolutely amazing. There's, there's a lot in there that we don't really have time to talk about. Uh, the righteousness of Christ is described in Zechariah 3. The mind of Christ is described. The seven spirits of God are brought out in Zechariah 3. Uh, it's just a packed, you could take that one chapter and develop a whole theology around that of life that would be, you know, the, the New Testament summed up. But I wanted to show you this one thing. He says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. That's what Satan does. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Isn't that awesome? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. And see, that's what the Lord... That's a big part of what happens when the fire falls. God begins to rebuke Satan. 
He begins rebuking for what he's done. He be, and rebuke is not just say, not the word rebuke, but rebuke is a major put down. You know, and the devil is so full of pride he can't stand to be put down. Okay? That's, you know, so people say, I rebuke you, Satan. Say something like, Satan, you are despicable, you stink, you're ugly. That's what a rebuke is. And Satan hates that stuff. He don't want to be put down because his pride won't let him. But the Lord rebuked him that day. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. So he's really making sure he gets this rebuke in. Now then he says this about, about Joshua the high priest. This was a vision. Okay, if you read, read the whole deal. Um, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Um, a firebrand. Okay, let me give you a, two definitions of a firebrand. Okay, one, a person who is passionate about a particular cause, typically inciting change and taking radical action. For instance, a political firebrand, we've known it. Let me read that one more time. A person who is passionate about a particular cause typically inciting change and taking radical action. So that's a church or a person that the fire is falling on. They become passionate about something. Okay? They become passionate about something, about a particular thing. Typically inciting change. That's how this change is going to happen in, in, in the United States. It's when the fire falls on, on certain people, certain churches, and they come together. That's the only way this, this change is going to take place. Uh, and, and taking radical action. Okay, there's always going to be a radical thing that's going to happen when the fire, when the fire falls. Another piece, another definition of a firebrand is a burning, a piece of burning wood. A piece of burning wood. So each one of us could become a firebrand if that's something that's in our heart to become. Okay? Anybody... Interested in this? So this is what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. One evening I came home about 3, 4 o'clock, and it was cold outside. So I decided I would build me a fireplace, build a fire in my fireplace. And I decided, to, I decided intentionally, for whatever reason, is to build this fire and sit down in front of this fire and look at the fire. I mean, I build, we build lots of fires 25 fires so far this winter, okay? But this, you know, next time you just build them, you sit there and enjoy them, but I'm not thinking about them that much. But this time I decided, I, for some reason, I thought, I'm going to look at this fire and enjoy the fire. You know, many times you've probably sat around a fire and enjoyed it with your friends and stuff. Well, I just was intentional. And as I was looking at the fire, I was really quiet in the house. As I was meditating on the fire, looking at the fire, just enjoying the moment, I felt the Holy Spirit come near to me. I felt a presence come on me, okay? It, was not, it wasn't just a natural thing. It was something spiritual. I knew the Lord wanted to engage me at that moment, which gave me the clue that I need to open myself up to hear from God. I knew He wanted to talk to me. And a thought came into my mind. And this is what the thought was. How awesome, how awesome... That fire is in that fireplace right this minute. 
That was the first thought. And then the next thought came to me is how terrible that fire would be if that fire was in the middle of my living room because it would destroy my house. And then another thought came to me was how I would not want that fire roaring like it is at 10 o'clock at night when I go get in bed because you can't leave a fire like that unattended in your house because a spark could come out and burn your house down. That was my thoughts. And I began to think about that. And then I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. This is what He told me. I wrote it down. You should write things down that God tells you so you make sure you keep it right. This is what I heard Him say. And He don't really usually talk to me in long sentences like this, but He did this time. That's what I'm saying. Usually the Holy Spirit talks to me in pictures and visionary kind of thing. But this time He was talking to me in words. And you let the Lord speak to you the way He wants to speak to you. He said this, You so long for revival, yet revival is much like that fire. It's wonderful and useful in the right place at the right time. You have been in a season of healing and rest. Just as you would not, be, you would not build a fire in that fireplace just before you went to bed, I would not start a fire in a church when I called it into such a time. Y'all got that? And when he said that, I remembered a vision I had, another vision, that I had in 2012, right before, um, right before some bad things, well, some bad things were happening in the church in terms of people were dying, and, and, and right during that, I had this vision, and what I, I had a vision of an oasis. And what I saw in the oasis, I saw uh, it was a green place. There was a, there was a pool of water there. There was a beautiful, nice breeze, and there was a beautiful tent there. And I thought about Psalm 23 when I had the vision. And I wanted to read just those two verses that I thought about. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. So I knew the Lord was speaking to me at that moment about what He wanted to do in our church. Is He wanted to make us lie down in green pastures and lead us beside still waters. Well, you know what happened after that. It was opposite. It was hellish. And because that's what happens many times. The Lord speaks to you about what He wants to do, but it's not what He wants to do in front of you. It's what He wants to do after you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Is I want you to lay down and rest, and I want to restore and heal you. That's what He was telling me. At the time, I thought it was for then, but then I found out it wasn't for then, and then, of course, you wonder, like, did I really hear the Lord? So I think the Lord, what the Lord was saying is He wanted us to... to he wanted to, to restore our souls from the valley of the shadow of death that we were walking through. Okay? And that's really, you know, where he brought us. The, the thing about a beautiful vision like that, the vision's beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It, the living out of it was, was hell for me. To be still on the inside... Is not me. 
Because I have this thing in me that runs all the time. I might be still on the outside, but I fool everybody. I'm real quiet on the outside most of the time, but I got something running in me constantly. You know, and I can't, for me to have to be still and let God, when God was saying, don't, don't even think about doing anything. And these thoughts that can bombarded my mind during that time was is incredible having to deal with trying to obey a vision of being still when there's these thoughts constantly coming at you telling you you're not doing the right thing. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. You're not helping anybody. You're not leading. What kind of pastor are you? I mean, I had to fight those thoughts constantly to keep from doing anything because I felt God was saying, don't do anything, but my mind... My thoughts, thoughts that unfortunately I let get into my mind and accept it as mine, were telling me opposite. You know, Jehovah Roha is the Lord our shepherd. And God was trying to teach me some things about his, his shepherding heart that I didn't know about. Okay? And I, I could say that was probably one of the greatest things for me in that time. Of, this time was in last 2013 is I found out some things about being a shepherd that I really didn't understand. Anyways, a friend of mine, I'll talk about those later. i got to get through, through this. A friend of mine named Marlis Newman had a dream about our church. That's Luann Wallace's sister, by the way. She has a... Oh, Joby. The son's here. Marlis Newman's son is here. The guy with the, no hair except facial hair. <laughs> Anyways, Marlis, yeah, Joby, thank you for coming and helping me talk about your mama. Because <laughs> Marlis had a dream, and Marlis's dream was this. The Lord spoke to her and says, I, want, I have this message I want to give to you for River Life. Now, Marlis lives down in South Charlotte. She's been here, here, and there. And, you know, of course, we've known Marlis forever. And the dream was... She said, the Lord gave me the dream, and this is what he told me, restoration. And so she woke up and said, "The Lord, okay, Lord, tell me the message that I'm supposed to go give this. I got this one word, restoration. And, but the Lord never gave her a message. He just gave her the word. That was the message to us that he wanted to get to us, not from one of us, because we would hope for it, believe for it, you know what I'm saying, but for somebody outside of us. So she called me and told me this, and then she also told me that there was a man from Poland that I call Wieslaw. He told me that is not how you pronounce his name, but that's actually how you spell his name. W-I-E-S-L-A-W, Zimba. Somehow Wieslaw comes out of that. Tell me, I don't know. I don't get that. You know, sort of like listening to Chinese. There's no figuring this out. I can figure out Spanish. I can figure out Italian, but I can't. Those things, are those real languages? <laughs> They're making that stuff up. They are making it. <laughs> that's what you feel. <laughs> Anyways. Huh? W is V and Polish. Okay, W is V and C. That's right there. It tells you something's wrong with them. W is W in American. <laughs> American. I could get in so much trouble. <laughs> okay, so she brought Vyaswab to the church. And Vyaswab gave us a message. And I wanted to read this one paragraph. I may have read this to y'all. I don't remember. But I, it, just, it was the message for us. This was the word of the Lord for our church last year. This one thing I'm going to tell you. He says this. 
And there was lots of other words, but if I had to pick out the one, the one that spoke right into my heart. It was like the arrow shot into my heart when he read it. It, it crushed me when he, when he read it. It just crushed me. He says, to know God gives opportunity to invest towards God. God created us in His image, but we sometimes try to make God into our image. When we truly know God, we will never languish in disappointment. We will never languish in disappointment. God desires us to know Him. In this hour, we need the foundation of the Word, capital W. What does the Word say? And see, in those hours... That's what you have. Sometimes that's all you have. You have a verse from the Bible. When you can't explain life, the Bible can say, God is good. That's an explanation. God, listen to this, God is leading us into rest. His ways gives us rest. Rest releases us into restoration. At rest, God can move in us and through us. Rest protects us. The Holy Spirit wants to minister to the place of strife in your life. He wants to change that for us. Isn't that powerful? That, if there was ever a word from the Lord spoken to us, you know, of all the messages that were spoken, there was some great stuff said last year in this church, but that was the one thing that, to me, defined this is where we are. This is where we are. This is what God is doing. And it made me be able to, like, be still and know that He's Lord. Hardest thing in the world to do. So it was a time of healing and restoration. And I believe the restoration is going to continue in this year for the more of God. Everybody say the more of God. Not like he wanted us to get healed from the hurts. I felt in worship this morning. Are y'all okay? I felt in worship this morning that God was saying, okay, that we sang that song, that one song, um, Your Love Never Fails. We sang that song through, through some of our hardest times that we experienced in this church, some of our most devastating moments. And yet we sang it in faith. We sang it believing it was true, but it didn't feel true. We sing it in hopes that we would make it to the other side. Okay? You know, that's the way I felt about that so many times. Your love never fails. You cause all things work for good. It was too wide. We'll never make it. And I feel like, I don't know. I think we're going to make it. I believe we're going to make it. I hope we're going to make it. But I don't feel like I'm making it. I don't feel like you're good. I don't, I don't feel this is helping me. I feel like it's destroying me. The things that we were going through. But this morning when we sang, I realized we made it to the other side. We made it. You, we made it through all that stuff we went through, all that hell we walked through, all the people that we lost that we shouldn't have lost, I don't think. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. The building falling apart on us, and by grace of God, we didn't all die that day. The, you know, we're here. And, but God got us through it, and He was, was saying, I got you through it. So I sang that song that had a different spirit on it this morning. It was like being on the other side and looking back and think, saying, Lord, you really are so good. You're so good. I mean, excuse me for doubting you. You know, excuse me for my human lack, my failure in my weak moment. You know, 
Um, I gotta hurry up. So, back to the fire. One of the things I wanted to say, because see, I think the Lord's saying this year, He wants fire coming. He wants to bring the fire. He can't bring the fire. He don't bring the fire when you're, this was the point of all that. The fire is, if you're sleeping at night, you don't burn a fire in your fireplace. If you're resting, God doesn't bring a fire. Okay, so he, in His wisdom, He was saying, no fire. No fire. You're not, you're not in shape for the fire. I got to do something else in you. Okay? Now, this is something else I felt like he was saying. You know, when I thought I would not leave that fire unattended in my house, and I felt like the Lord was saying, well, a lot of reasons people don't have fires in their hearts, and a lot of reasons why churches don't have fires is they're not willing to take care of the fires. So, fires take a lot of hard work. And the natural, if you're going to have a fire, you're going to have to work. Fires in churches are not just meetings that people come and, and have this encounter with the Lord. That's awesome. But behind people coming and having these encounters with the Lord, there's people working their rear ends off. Okay? There's a devil working his rear end off trying to dis- derail what's happening and distract what's happening. Okay? And, and see, if, you're, if you are in a place where you're sick, you can't work. If a congregation needs to be restored, it is not time for them to be working. Okay? It's a time for them to get healed so they can get up and work. Okay? Because God, if we're going to have these fires come on these churches, people's hearts are going to have to change. There, there has to be this thing that happens to them where there's this willingness to work, to see, to see something. Not just to have an experience, but to see a nation changed. To see your neighbor saved. To see the healings that we so desire. See, those are the kind of thinkings that we have to have. Because every fire that God has ever started, because God always starts the fire. Don't try to start it. He always starts the fire, but He always leaves it with us to take care of. And I think that's why revivals don't make it. Is because we don't, no one yet has had the wisdom to keep the fire properly in history. Nobody. Nobody yet has done that. That doesn't mean they're not. But I'm just saying, because and why? Because we're human and we don't know what to do with the fire half the time. We're guessing at what God's doing half the time. We're wondering, like, what, are we doing the right things? You see what I'm saying? So fires are like that. You don't really know what's going to happen to the fire in your fireplace. That's why you're watching it. You know, it, the logs can fall out onto the hearth, you know, unexpectedly. All of a sudden, you're jumping up with the poker, getting them back into the fireplace where they belong. See, fires have their proper place and time. Okay, so we had to start thinking like that instead of thinking immaturely like, you know, why ain't God moving? It's like, well, there's reasons. God has His reasons. Are you all okay with this? Also, I'm going to be finishing here. I want to tell you this. There's an element of danger in fires. Okay, first let me tell you this. Um, When I was 12 years old, uh, where I lived at, there was pine forest everywhere. And, in fact, we planted a lot of our pastors in pines. The government paid us to plant pines. You know, they gave you the trees, they gave you this little thing, and you went up there and you planted them. And 
So I remember one Sunday morning we woke up in a really dry, hot summer and looked, and about a mile up the road we saw smoke. And we were concerned about it because there was a wind coming our way. And the only thing between us and that smoke was pine trees. And so we sat and watched that smoke move closer and closer to us throughout the day. And I remember, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life, sitting out in my yard watching these big tall pines when I saw the flames first appear in them. These, these pines were probably 200 yards from my house. And I saw the flames in the top of them. And you, you're talking about something that'll scare you. Especially when you know it's marching straight towards you. And there's pine trees as far as here to the back, to the back wall to our house. And it, they, it, they kept marching and marching. We had the, the National Guard. We had the prison. You know, they, all the prisoners were out there working. You know, the fire service, everybody, fire trucks, all around us. And I rem- I'll never forget this. When it was about, as, the fire was as far as from here to the parking lot from our house, they said, y'all need to evacuate. Get out of, get out of here because this fire is going to burn, burn your house down. I'll, man, I'll never forget that as long as I live. I mean, the... The thought of our house burning down, the thought of everything that we had. We didn't have much, but what we did have, we cared about. And the thought of it burning down was absolutely, it was crushing me. Fortunately, my daddy said, we're not going anywhere. That's what he said, we're not going anywhere. We're going to fight this thing. We'll fight it until it it takes an hour. And somehow, by the grace of God, at that moment, the winds changed. I mean, literally, it changed, and the fire stopped where it was at. And the wind started blowing it back to where it already burned, and it stopped and burned, you know, it burned itself out. That was amazing. Fires are really dangerous. If you don't have people who know how to tend to fires, they're dangerous. I'll never forget, me and my daddy, later on, we went up into the woods, because there was people everywhere in those woods, walking around with these little things, spraying little spots where fires were and it was literally like walking through hell because everything was burnt and there were sparks I mean it's the way it felt to me it felt like hell to me because everything was just burned down it was black and crisp and that smell of burn you know and the big pine trees didn't make it they never made it they didn't live younger pine trees were able to deal with that fire they said when they cut them one day, they'll be able to look in the ring and know there was a fire that happened at that age of that tree. I thought that was significant. You know, sometimes when the fire falls, old people, people from the old moves of God cannot take the new move of God because it wasn't like what it was. Right? I mean, that's just, but that's what happens to man. So fires are dangerous, and you know, if you study church history, a lot of churches get destroyed when the fire of God comes. Unfortunately, they don't make it. And usually it's after the fire's over with or they've put the fire out. There's divisions, there's strife, you know, because the enemy is working so hard against what God so desired to do. And so we, we had to really realize that God wants to move. He wants to bring fire, but we need wisdom to deal with His fire. We need to understand His fire. We need to pay attention and pay attention to the Lord. Let me read this one last scripture. Are y'all, are y'all good? Thank you, Lord. Uh, this is Daniel 7, 9 through 10. We can't be careless handling what God does. This is what Daniel said. This is an amazing scripture. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. Now, you know this is big. This is capital Ancient of Days. 
I mean, that was the man. That was the ultimate man. His garment was white as snow. Isn't this amazing that we're, we're seeing what God looks like right here? His garments were white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. I thought, well, at least he has hair, right? <laughs> what happened, Lord? Maybe I'll have hair in heaven. Who knows? Right, Joby? <laughs> his throne was a fiery flame. His throne. God's going to bring the fire. It's going to come from His throne. And when it does, receive the fire. Because it's from the throne. Okay? It's wheels. He has wheels on His throne. <laughs> is this crazy? God has a mobile throne. <laughs> you can just see Him now busting around heaven in the throne. Everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm going to buzz in here. Come riding in here on His throne. Wouldn't that be awesome? Dog, if he did that, it would be awesome, even though it would probably, we would probably all need a miracle to raise us from the dead, from the heart attacks we would have. <laughs> its wheels are burning fire. Listen, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A fiery stream. That's the fire, God who answers by fire. Okay? A thousand thousands ministered to him. Now, that's your worship service there, man. Thousand thousands, that's a lot of people. Ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. That's what goes on in heaven. The courts was seated and these books were open. So there's this fiery stream or fiery river that comes from the Lord that, that God wants to pour out on this church, that God wants to pour out on you. God wants to pour out in the United States of America. How it looks, we should not be too, we should not be concern ourselves with that when and how he does it we really shouldn't overly concern ourselves with that but we should be committed in our hearts to that we should be committed in, to say Lord bring the fire we should be committed we should be saying to God Lord I am a candidate to become a firebrand I am a candidate to become let me read that one more time I want to know this because I want to know about myself am I committed Lord to be a person who's passionate about the fire of God coming. Am I a person who's going to be committed to that? Okay? Passionate. Tip, and I would be a person who would typically incite change and take radical action. Would you be that person? Would you be that person? Would I be that person? Would this church be that person? A church who incites something. A, pers- a church who takes radical action. A people. That's a challenge. A piece of burning wood. That's a challenge from the Lord. It's an invitation from the Lord. I think it's His invitation to us. That's what I felt like the Lord said, this is what I want for river life. This is what I want for River Life. This is what I want for you. That's what he told me. So I'm saying, Lord, I am totally committed to that in my heart. Now, I know that's going to cause me some difficulties. I know it's going to cause me some troubles. Some of you probably will not like it. I'm sorry. We had to like what God likes more than what we like what we like, right? I really want to encourage you. 
Revival has taken a beating in the last few years, but I'm here to defend revival because Jesus said, I wish that fire was already kindled. If Jesus is wishing for it, why shouldn't we? We should be wishing for that. Lord, bring the fire again. Bring a fresh fire. Bring a new fire. Bring a new move in river life. Bring a new move in my heart. Bring a new move in my household, Lord, with my children, my family, my grandchildren. Lord, bring a new move, Lord, and let me become not a person who just wants to be blessed by this move, but a person who become a radical person, a person who would incite change around him. That's what God's calling us to. That's really what he's calling us to. Amen? So who wants that? Who wants to be that person? Yeah, there's a couple of people do. Let's just... Yeah, amen, Lord. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have the ministry team, because I don't really know what else to do, so. You know. Woo, thank you, Lord. The Lord's good. Lord, give us ears to hear this morning. Eyes to see and a heart to understand what you're saying, Lord. Lord, I pray for every person in this room those who are still in the process of being restored and still in the process. Lord, we, there's some things we need to get back, Lord. You said seven times. So I'm praying that that would come about in people's life, that people would receive the fullness, the perfect, complete healing and restoration of everything Everything, every person, everything that meant something to them, Lord. Every ministry, every dream, every vision, every dollar, every penny that God, that the devil has taken, Lord, and stolen from your people, Lord. Our inheritance that you gave us, Lord. Lord, today I say, Lord, bring about, Lord, bring about to these people, to all of us, Lord, Full and complete restoration, Lord. Bring it forth in our life, Lord. Seven times, Lord. Seven times. Seven times, Lord. Seven times. Perfect, heavenly restoration for those who have lost loved ones that should not, Lord, that should not have been lost. Seven times. We don't know what that looks like. We're just saying, who cares if this is from heaven? We love it. <laughs> Bring it about, Lord. Bring about, Lord, the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted in this room this morning. Heal them. Give them hope again. Give them belief again. Cause them to rise up and shake off, Lord. The bondages and the things that the enemy, the lies, the disbelief, Lord. The hurt and the pain. Wallowing and languishing, Lord. He's causing them to rise up, Lord. And shake it. Like a bear that's rose up and wants to roar. Lord, I pray for that. Lord, we, we declare, Lord, we're your people. We declare today, Lord, I just declare these people, Lord. I, Lord, I just want to condemn every lying spirit. I want to condemn the work of, de of the devil, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would use us to crush him under our feet, that God of peace, you would release such a prosperity, such an anointing on us that we would crush Satan. He would see us coming and he would run, Lord. Because he would feel the God of peace marching at him, Lord. Right into his camp. And take back 
what does not belong to him. We ask you, Lord, to do that today. Lord, we don't want to play games. Lord, we're asking you to use us. Use us, Lord. Bring the fire into this church. Bring the fire into our hearts, God. Let it burn in us. Well, we can't stand it. We'd be like Jeremiah and just say it's burning in us. Lord, I pray for that spirit of burning to come on us, Lord. You are the source of the burning, Lord. Christ himself. It says you're in the midst of fire, Lord. You live in the midst of fire. Bring that fire to us, Lord. Lord, we really do want to forget what lies behind now. And lay hold of those things before us. I just ask you to do that this morning, Lord, for people. Lord, I just pray for people's mind. Just put that turban on their mind. You know, that's one of the things that they did for Joshua and that Zechariah. See, they put a turban on his, on his head. It was, a head. it was the mind of Christ. It was a belief system. It was, it was a change in the way he thought, which caused a change in the way he believed. And that's really what God wants us to do. He wants to change our thinking. Lord, we ask you to do that this morning. Thank you, Lord. You know, and the Bible really does say it's the God of peace who crushes Satan. It's the God of peace. When you have that peace working in your life, that's when you have start having victory. Lord, we ask you for that peace to come. And let me tell you something about the Bible peace. The Bible peace is this. It's, it's health. It's wholeness. It's prosperity. It's not just a lack of difficulty and stress. It is something much greater than that. It's one of the most powerful things there are is God's peace. Lord, we ask you for that prosperity to come on people this morning that wholeness to come on people this morning that you would restore souls in this room right now I think God can restore you in an instant miraculously I think he can fix your soul in one moment now it may be that you had to go to get help but I think he can do the other too and Are you a candidate this morning? You feel like your soul needs to be restored. Won't you just stand up right quick? And let... um, We had this joke that we used to have, me and Marlon and Matthew. It was about the demonic guy who had like thousands of demons. And we joke about Jesus' one-step program. That guy was totally delivered, totally healed, totally made whole in one moment and even sent out to preach in a moment and that guy had so many demons he couldn't even wear clothes but Jesus came and spoke a word and everything changed where is that God Lord do that for people we don't want to spend the rest of our life going to counseling I love counseling but I don't want to do that all the time Lord heal people and deliver them One shot today that they would be made whole. And you would commission them to go and tell people the great things that God has done for you.
That guy wanted to go with Jesus. He said, no, go out to your hometown and say, I'm the guy who was naked. I couldn't even wear clothes. I was so messed up. But now I'm here to tell you something. You can get healed and delivered because I have been. Lord, do that for people in this room today. Heal their finances, Lord. Heal their ministries. Heal their hearts. Give us that one step anointing, Lord. Woo. Maggie, you're going to have to. Lord, I just, I'm feeling this really extravagant grace being released this morning. So, Lord, I just, just release in this room your extravagant grace. Yeah, just let it fall right down upon us, Lord. Mm. Lord, all the striving, all the stress. Oh, yeah, we just let it go. We let it go. Mm, we let it go. We let it go. We let it go. We let it go. Whoa. Let that go right now. Yeah, just all of that. See, all that keeps us, it keeps us away from what the Lord wants to do. So right now, we just release extravagant grace in the room. Mm. See, now we get to run. We get to run with grace underneath our wings. Mm. Whoa. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Um, I was getting that right before Becky said that. So I just wanted to kind of come up here as an ambassador. I feel like as someone who has received extravagant grace from the Lord to get through a dark trial, a stormy... Lord, I just release that extravagant grace in this room today that you are able to take us through our darkest moments, that it is a blink of your eye. It's like a little twinkle of your eye, that your heart is large enough to absorb our trials, our tears, our fears, our nightmares, your heart is large enough to absorb all of those things, Lord. We give you our hearts today and allow you to absorb them and swallow them up with your grace, Lord. Your amazing grace, your amazing grace, Lord. We surrender to you today. We surrender to you today, Lord. We just cause you to do what you do best, Lord, to restore, to restore, to restore, Lord, to cause order again, those things that feel chaotic, Lord, that we don't know what to do. You cause order. You cause order, Lord. Order. Order in these houses, Lord. Order in these houses, Lord. Justice. Justice and peace, Lord. Justice. Grace. Lord, I ask that every person, every body would be in alignment today. 
every physical body would come into alignment with the shalom, peace of God. And we do pray for that fire to come. That fire to come. And burn away. Burn away the effects of our trials, Lord. The effects. So we will not look back any longer, Lord. We will not look back to what has taken place. We will look forward into your eyes, into the future, what you have for us. we get the ministry team to come on up just want to pray for you today we want to release that extravagant grace upon you Mm, we got some fiery prayer ministry team people so come on up if you want prayer today we just give you that invitation to come on up so we just say go in the peace and the restoration of the Lord today as we dismiss you we love you all we're just Grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit at work in these people. So we thank you and we bless you in his name. Amen.